if things get so bad, right? So, so bad, we might have to go to like a workers comp commission situation. There'll be no more jury trials, you know? So you gotta be careful with pigs and hogs. Don't ruin it for everyone, plaintiff's attorneys. <laughs> Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special episode of The Defense Never Rests. We are doing things a little differently today. We are at the TIDA conference in Philadelphia, and we have a podcast booth set up in the exhibit hall. Uh, And our plan here today is just to grab people, pull them on the podcast, and do little mini interviews, and really get to know everyone who's at this conference. So wish me luck, and we're going to just go get some people. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning. I'm I'm wonderful. So now we're officially on the we podcast are now. Officially on. You are my first guest. Yeah. We are we are broadcasting from the Tida Annual Conference in Philly. Yeah. And you are the first person who's come over to our booth to to test out this little thing we're doing today. We're having a podcasting corner at this conference. So thank you. Yeah. For being my guinea pig well, today. You're very welcome. <laughs> I, I was just so curious when I saw your setup here. Not something I'm used to seeing at a Tida conference. Uh, that coupled with my insatiable vanity and desire to be Famous. interviewed and on camera was a, 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 a you know a very alluring prospect. So thanks for having me. Here. Well, I'm I'm so glad to satisfy those needs for you. So um, just before we, I have a few set questions before we jump into the questions. Um, I want to hear a little about you. You're from Baltimore and you're you're an attorney. Yeah. Um, and so how long have you been practicing? Well, I'm. I've been doing trucking defense litigation for 20 years uh, at a Baltimore, Maryland firm. And uh, that's basically all I've done. Uh, I was um, mentored by Bob Franklin, who sadly passed away about six years ago. He was a big Tida guy and he was one of the kind of originators of this now very common uh, practice area yeah. transportation defense okay. and uh, so that's one thing I ask a lot of my guests because um, the background is very different but you know did you were your parents attorneys or did how did you end up going to law school because everyone's no, story is a little bit no. different uh, I my parents no I grew up in the cold hard streets of Dublin and in Ireland and um <laughs> Uh, you know the way some people don't know what they want to be until they're uh, 20, 25, 30, 35. When I was 13 years of age, I saw Rumpole of the Bailey on TV. And I remember turning around and saying, I'm going to be a lawyer. Wow. And I never wavered from becoming a lawyer from the age of 13. Yeah. So when did you move to the United States? Uh, 25 years ago. Okay. And uh, I have been in Baltimore for 25 okay. years. And it's my home. I love Baltimore now. Yeah. Um, since my, my dad's family is from County Cary. So oh, my yeah. grandmother's from um, yeah. Listowel and my grandfather's yeah. from Valley Bunyan. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I, I, I could tell by looking in your eyes <laughs> that you're Irish. Yeah, I do have those eyes. Um, you're, you're, and I've no Irish DNA. I did Ancestry.com. I've 0% Irish. Come on. No, none. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where, so, where does your DNA hail 90% from? Ninety percent Norwegian. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're far more legitimate. Than <laughs> well, I it's am. funny. My kids, they they are more Irish than I am, um, and from count the same county. So it's it's weird how those things work out. Yeah. So I have a bunch of questions that I have prepared that I plan to ask anyone who 
is brave enough to sit in the chair that I you're sitting you. in. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> but since you've been in the trucking industry and yeah. uh, trucking defense for so many years, sitting here in 2021, what do you think are the top five issues that the trucking industry is going to see in the coming years? Number one, it's like the old joke in real estate, you know, location, location, location. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five <laughs> is driver shortage. Yes. Driver shortage is indisputably the number one problem facing our industry. And, um, you know, I mean, we can't even get the, the kids to school in school yeah. buses at the moment. Um, uh, number two is going to be insurance. Uh, there's so many big insurers pulling out of the industry. Uh, you can't get excess coverage really? <laughs> these days. Um, everybody is uh, running for the hills. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, what they like, uh, you know, they call it today uh, lawsuit abuse. <laughs> <laughs> lawsuit abuse. I like that. Um, but, you know, nuclear verdicts. Uh, there's gold in them there hills, yeah. you know, and um, they figured it out. It used to yeah. be medical malpractice. Mm -hmm. It used to be products liability and the top brass, best plaintiff's attorneys who are highly resourced with venture capital firms getting in right. to fund these these uh, litigations. They have figured out where where it's at. Um, so, you know, we need legislation to address that. Texas House Bill 18. Love that huge yeah. uh -huh. landmark thing and I hopefully that'll take on all around the country and kudos to the Texas Trucking Association for getting that passed that was not done by attorneys not done by the insurance industry shame on us we need to do better um that that's actually three I don't you that's know. all right we don't have to hold you to five but that actually segues into my next question was about the nuclear verdicts yes. and you know we just saw that billion dollar verdict in Florida and, you know, what do you think the defense industry, the defense side can do to like kind of shift the course and, you know, combat these nuclear verdicts? Like you said, Texas already is yeah. taking the reins. Right. And so, you know, uh, that hopefully that'll be a model for legislation around the country. I mean, you know, uh, tort negligence law was started uh, in 1937, Donahue versus Stevenson, famous first tort case in, in England. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that we were to put someone into the position that they were in before the tort occurred, to make them whole. Yeah. Uh, that has been perverted so far beyond recognition to it now being, you know, this arena for broader social justice and fixing society and yeah. having juries weigh in to areas that they were never designed to weigh into and we need to scale all that back and you know that's largely what that house bill 18 is designed to do uh let's get back to who's at fault for the accident right and how right. much do we owe right <laughs> you know? well and i think that part of the problem is that now when you you have society hearing these large numbers they think that's normal yeah and, yeah. you know, and I think it, it's hard to get an unbiased jury when they I mean, it's all over the news. Yeah. And they just think those dollar figures are, are I don't know, just common and they're just not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. And, you know, sports players get mm -hmm. gazillion gazillions. And and, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I mean, if things get so bad, right, so, so bad 
we might have to go to like a workers comp commission situation there'll be no more jury trials it'll just yeah. be and that's the way it is actually over in europe all yeah all personal injuries decided by you can appeal it but yeah you know um and how you know so you got to be careful there's pigs and hogs don't ruin it for everyone plaintiff's attorneys <laughs> you know keep your job <laughs> you know it's a symbiotic relationship you know if everything gets if everything you know of course you know the defense attorneys you know they'll 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 publicly say we need tort reform tort reform but yeah. privately they're like well we don't need too much tort reform right <laughs> don't go crazy <laughs> yeah so okay so what advice not we're not giving legal advice, but what advice do you, would you give to your your clients or your your insurers to lower their risk exposure? Like some things that they can do on their end to try to eliminate maybe you can't eliminate the nuclear burgers, but help control the the overall exposure. Yeah, I mean, obviously on the bigger loss cases, um, you know, you, early you got to figure out early. Do I have a whopper? Do I, you know, yeah. I mean, early as in within the first Call 15, it, 20 yeah. minutes. Call and so it, yeah. you have to have your communication chain from driver to the first point of contact, dispatch to safety. And people along that line of communication have to know that, hey, if someone got ejected from a vehicle or, hey, if there were three kids in the back of the car or if someone's lost a limb or if a helicopter had yeah. to remove somebody, that's what we call a catastrophic accident. And you need to hit the panic button now and elevate yeah. that like, you know, so we don't want to be knowing about that two and a half years down the no. line or whatever. So that's kind of important. Um, uh, the other thing is like, um, you know, right size technology for the size of your outfit, right? Don't mm -hmm. be getting all this wonderful data and technology you know from your bendix or your lytics or whatever that's telling you all this stuff about all of the things that all of your vehicles and drivers are doing yeah but you're not you're not acting on it you're not doing anything with it you're not using it but it's just building and building and building and you got yeah. all this data and then when the wrong time comes and someone demands that it's there but you never did anything <laughs> with it but a smart yeah. plaintiff's attorney will certainly do a lot with it and he'll demonstrate, wow, yeah. guys, did you know you had all this amazing data that you've never done anything with? <laughs> Good that point. Yeah. Shows, you know, so right size. Don't don't be like getting bells and whistles if you're not going to do yeah. anything with them. That's like a really good point because you have a lot of smaller companies that, you know, they feel like they might need to have to keep up to the, the, the big million, multi-million, billion dollar companies. And really, if you just keep it small, keep it simple, yeah. do what you know, check, do all your checks and cross your eyes dot your, or dot your eyes and cross your t's you should be fine yeah rather than trying to be fancy the road to hell is paved <laughs> with good intentions and you know um it's okay to have higher standards and great safety robust safety protocols but you got to enforce them well I, that's the biggest thing i see all the time is yeah like if you're gonna have a protocol or an operating procedure you have to follow said protocol because yeah. that's the first thing that they're going to blow holes in and it's almost sometimes it's better even not to have it if you're not going to follow it yeah i mean there's a kind of a weird like radical argument to be made for saying have no procedures have no written policy <laughs> nothing you're 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 here's your safety procedure whatever the federal government says mm -hmm. and not nothing more whatever the law requires and nothing more yeah there's no written protocol and procedure our rule is you comply with the law and you do nothing more. Yeah. And we've only got $750,000 in coverage. 
that's our system. <laughs> and because, you know, the more you have, the more, you know. Um, but yeah. of course, is that going to work for a company that has 1,500 units? No, probably not. No, it's <laughs> maybe not. But, you know, it's kind of crazy, radical depart you know because there's always that conflict but of course the safe if the safety manager was here now he'd be like but that's crazy mm -hmm. because then my safety program's crap right because i don't have policies and procedures and right. manuals and stuff but the risk manager loves it and the, the lawyers will love it because well then the planes you can't be found to have not <laughs> complied right you know? right so going a little off from the regular trucking questions but yeah. what advice would you give to your younger self as you sit here today? Uh, what advice I give to my younger self <laughs> as I sit here today? Well, uh, oh, I, I don't, I gosh, I don't, it, I'm totally uh, stumped on that one. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really, I think, you know. You did everything take, right? <laughs> oh, you know, I tell you what the answer to that question is. I know it, I know the answer. Do you know I have a 19 year old and a 17 year old mm -hmm. And, so you get them and, advice all the time. But I have a two-year-old. Oh, wow. And that I've, keeps and you I've, young. I've totally realized that I was an awful parent to the two old. Mm. I'm going to be the parent of the century to the two-year-old. But yeah. because I'm just a lot more chilled out now because I'm yeah. old and the, long in the tooth. Yeah. And so if I if I had the chance to do it over, I would have been a, a more relaxed yeah. parent. But you're young and you have to work hard and you're financially insecure and you're yeah. scared of everything. Um, but it's just much more fun being an old parent. I've, I've had other people say that same same thing to me. A friend of mine had, had an older son who was in his late teens and then he had a, a young young daughter and he said, it's so much fun to do it now in a different phase of your life. But do your older kids, are they jealous of your two-year-old? Like uh, well, much? they're boys and she's a girl, so no, I think different. they kind of like that. Um, they're like uncles, really. Yeah. Oh, weird, yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> and they, you know, she just worship, adores them. And uh, but uh, I don't know if they're jealous. They might be. <laughs> You'll might find be. out later. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they saw the will, they'd be absolutely outraged. <laughs> well, if they listen to this podcast, they might be upset. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Great. Well, listen. You're very kind oh. to have me. Well, thank you so much yeah. for, for sitting down and being our, our first guest. Tell your friends, tell everyone you sit next to today yeah. to hop on over. Yeah. That it's not scary, I promise. Yeah, I will, I will, I will. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Okay, cheerio. Bye.